Welcome to episode 10 of Mind Reading Marketing. In this episode, I'm going to walk you through the website strategies I recommend that will help you scale your business and really start to grow. So in this episode, I'm really deep diving into all the individual pieces that are going to help you position yourself as an expert and thought leader in your industry and really allow your website to work harder for you so that you can stay in your zone of genius and really sit in that amazing kick-ass CEO space. So let's dive in. Hi there, I'm Isabel Kateman and I run Stripe Dog Creative a website strategy and design firm dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs create strategic and elegant websites so they can attract their dream clients, raise their prices, and scale their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here for the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast. Tune in each week to hear practical business advice, tips on embracing and learning from failure, trust me, it's going to happen, and real talk on trying to create a balanced life as an entrepreneur for my guest experts and of course, from me. Ready to turn those dreams into a reality? Let's do it. So today I wanted to talk about an episode that focuses on website strategies that will help you scale your business. And so in this episode, I'm going to review all the pieces of a website that need to be in place in order to support your business in scaling and reaching the next level. So as your business grows and you start to take on more clients, you're probably starting to bring on a team and really starting to outsource because you need help on the back end. And so that means that although you're likely making more money and you now also have a team helping you out and you're probably also taking on more clients, you of course have less time than you had before. Time is always going to be a resource that you're short on. And what was probably previously a constant game of winging it has now become something that requires organization, thinking ahead, managing employees, managing clients in a better way. And oftentimes as you're starting to grow, one of the first things you realize is that the website that you had, which was probably your first website, it might have been completely DIY, maybe you used a template and you didn't really customize it in a way that was going to work for you because you didn't know how, um, you're starting to realize that that website is just not working for you anymore. It's not cutting it. It's not automating things in the way that they should be automated. It's not positioning you as an expert. You know, it's really just not the website that you need anymore and it's time for an upgrade. So today, that's what I really want to talk about is how to use your website in a way and strategies for your website that is really going to help you scale and grow your business and have a website that you're going to feel really proud of and excited about. And just to preface this, if you're at this point, you probably are outsourcing this website to someone. And let me also just say, obviously, as a website designer, you should be outsourcing your website to someone. You know, again, time is very short. And so if you're If you're at the place where you're really starting to scale and you're really starting to grow, then it is time now for you to be outsourcing things to experts and really staying within your zone of genius. So this episode is more informative and things that you should be asking your website designer that you're outsourcing to and really making sure that your website designer is, you know, doing all of these things and you should be aware of all of these things as well so that you can ask the right questions. But this episode is really not meant to kind of be like, a walkthrough if you're trying to DIY your website, because honestly, if you're at that place, you should already be outsourcing. You shouldn't even have time to be doing your own website. And frankly, you you shouldn't be doing your own website. There's other things that you should probably be focusing on if you have a team that you're managing and you're also having multiple streams of income from your business. So first, I just want to talk about what I mean by website strategy. So in the shortest possible description, 
I mean planning out a very clear and intentional website. It has a plan, it's well thought out, it speaks to your ideal consumer, it positions you as an expert, it's clear and easy to navigate, it takes your consumer journey into account, it has emotionally connected copy, and I know that all sounds like a lot, and it is a lot, because website strategy is huge. So in longer terms, it's basically everything that I'm going to talk about in this podcast episode, but I also just wanted to talk about why having a strategy is so important. And the reason is, and I say this a lot, without a strategy, you're going to have a pretty but useless website. And what I mean by that is it may look great, but if you don't have all of the different back end and well thought out organized strategic pieces, you're not going to have an effective website. So you might have the gorgeous brand photos, all the pretty fonts, and all the beautiful colors, but if you haven't answered the right questions, if you haven't taken the time to plan out things on the back end, then you're not you're not going to be as successful as you could be, and you're likely not going to be converting clients at all or converting clients at the rate that you could be converting clients if you had a strategic website. So at this point, you've been running your, you know, probably service-based online business. You've established yourself as an expert who's getting results for your clients or your students in your course, or your program, or whatever you have, and you're ready for a super professional-looking website that is going to position you as an expert, as a thought leader in your industry. But again, this is so much more than just looks. And so I do want to clarify, I'm not saying that looks aren't important. Obviously, you want your website to be beautiful. We know impressions are formed in less than a second. We know visuals make a huge difference in people seeing you as trustworthy and as an expert. And, you know, definitely go listen to my episode on brand photography with Jesse Wyman if you want more information about like brand photography and visuals. But it is so much more beyond that. That's kind of like the bare minimum that you should have. And then you need everything that's going to go steps and steps and steps beyond that. So, Before we even get into the design or the copy or kind of the meat of what should actually be on your website, I want to make sure that we've done some strategy and organization work on the back end. So first, and again, these two things are probably going to be very obvious if you're in this position in business where you're, you know, an expert and industry leader, but I just really want to make sure that we have that foundation because it is so important. So I just want to quickly go over that. So first, you want to make sure that you understand your audience. Obviously, if you've been in business a few years, your audience is constantly evolving. You know, you, you've you probably changed your target market a few times, and that's okay. That's expected. But you're just very clear, at least in this particular moment, who your target audience is. You know, you probably have a lot of data on, you know, who who works best with you, who you work best with, who you like doing business with you know, who who can be helped the most from your service, whatever it is, you just need to know those people inside and out. So you need to know, like, why are your clients coming to you? How do your clients feel before working with you? What's their mindset? What's their mindset after working with you? What are the tangible results that they see? What are the intangible results that they have? You know, do they have some huge transformation? Do they have some huge shift in their mindset? Are there, like, you know, some aha moments that they have? Whatever it is, it's so important that you understand because this is what's going to allow you to connect with your consumers. And so one of the things that goes beyond, you know, just a pretty website is really having that emotional connection with your consumers. And, you know, we all know that people buy based on emotion and not logic. We like to think we buy based on logic. We think we're logical people. We really buy based on how people make us feel. And so in order to make those right clients feel something, you need to make sure that you're speaking to them in a way that is really using their language. It's a way that's going to connect with them. You really need to, 
you know, build up those no like, and trust factors. You need to talk about their pain points, their dreams. And the way that you're going to do that is by really understanding your audience. So that's kind of like foundation point number one. Make sure that you completely understand that. And I do want to put a caveat in here is that websites are living and breathing. They're constantly evolving. So as annoying as it is, you're going to kind of every quarter, every six months, or at least every year, going to need to kind of come back and re-examine this in general in your business and all of your marketing, not just your website. You're going to need to make sure that your messaging that you're putting out there, you know, all of these pain points and, and transformations and mindset shifts and all of that are always lining up to the client's that you're actually serving in reality, but also to the clients that you want to be serving and that the clients that can be best served from you. And so the second foundation thing before we kind of deep dive into the actual website itself is clear goals for your website. So again, this is probably something that is very obvious to you, but what are the one to two actions that you want visitors on your website to take? If they could only take one or two actions, what, you know, or even better one action, what is that one action? So, you know, if you're an online business owner and you have a service or a course or a program, that should be your one action. Your one action that you want people to take should be enrolling in your course or your program or reaching out, you know, and applying to work with you for your one-to-one service. And so that's probably your goal. And the goal is so important to have established because that's what's going to basically help lay out and direct your entire website. So once you understand your goals, the entire website of the outline is going to flow. And if you have too many goals, your website's going to be confusing and overwhelming to potential consumers, and you're going to distract them from what you want them to do and also potentially lose out on sales because they're going to get distracted with something. You know, so for example, if you picture a site It's like you have to kind of picture like you don't want people to get, you know, fall into like shiny object syndrome, right? So it's like if your one goal, like let's say you're, you know, let's say you have a course and you also have, you know, a one-to-one service and people land on your website and then, you know, you have a pop-up that's like sign up here for my opt-in and and instead of opening in a new tab, that just takes them right to a page. Well, suddenly, you know, if they don't hit the back button, that's a customer lost. Or let's say you have a podcast and you have like a big button right at the top of your homepage. It's like, hey, come listen to my podcast. Okay, great. They might listen to your podcast and hopefully they end up coming back and circling around. But again, that's a potential customer lost. So once you really understand what your goal is, then it's going to make it a lot easier to just have everything on your website point in that one direction. And really, it's just going to make it's just going to make it easier for clients and it's also going to make it easier for you because you're not going to have to work as hard to kind of bring people back who have gotten lost because of that shiny object syndrome. So, once we have that, then you're going to want to make sure that you have a super clear and direct tagline. So this is really important because again, we just want to make it as easy and clear as possible. You know, in this day and age, there's so many distractions. We're all pulled in a million different directions. And so, you know, when you're really kind of trying to capture someone's attention, you need to do things that are going to be enticing. You need to do things that are, you know, immediately basically going to make them feel something, going to make them feel like you support them and understand them and connect with them and, you know, whatever other things you want to use that allow you to draw people in. And so by having this tagline, you're getting really clear and telling people right off the bat exactly who you work with and what you do for them. So it should be very clear the moment someone lands on your site, anyone reading it should immediately understand if they're your ideal client. 
So as much as you want to attract the right clients, obviously that's your goal. You also just as much at this point in your business want to make sure that you're turning off the wrong ones. So you're so far past the point where you're working with everyone and you know, you're not turning anyone away and you just need all the money that you can get. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not at this point. When you are starting to grow and scale your business, you should be uber, uber clear on who you're working with. And it should be very obvious to the people who fit with you. Oh my God, I feel like I'm at home. This is incredible. You know, I trust this person. I can't wait to work with this person. Or you know what? This really doesn't feel like the right person for me. This doesn't feel like a good fit. I appreciate everything that this person is saying, but like this, this just isn't feeling right. We're not vibing. And that's what you want. That is okay. If you're not turning at least some people off with whatever your marketing is, you haven't niched down enough and you're not allowing your personality to shine enough. And so right off the bat as well with that tagline at the top, you're also going to want to ensure that you have professional brand photos. So as I mentioned earlier, I have an entirely other podcast on brand photography with Jesse Wyman. I'll link to it in the show notes. Definitely go take a listen to that if you, you know, don't know what brand photos are or, you know, especially if you're about to redo your brand photos, there's a lot of great tips and tricks in there around what you should prep and what you should have and what you should be thinking about before you go into that brand shoot and invest all of that money. And brand photos are so important, but I don't really want to get into all the details because again, I do have that whole other episode with Jesse. But I do just want to touch upon the fact that brand photography at this level of business is non-negotiable. It's an absolute must because what brand photography does is it allows you to really take the time to connect with your clients and really take the time to give your clients a glimpse into who you are and what you do. And that's so important, again, because we're always coming back to those no like, and trust factors. And so the more that you can give clients an idea of your personality, the more that you can let clients in a little bit, and again, bring the right people in, attract the right people, turn off you know, the wrong people, that's exactly what brand photos are going to do. And so once you're at the point where you're scaling and you have a team and, you know, and again, if your team is, is, you know, client facing or front and center, include your team in some of those brand photos as well. You know, no, everyone hates a boring headshot and everyone hates stock photography. And so, you know, definitely your brand photos should be, you know, for your entire team as well. But you really want those brand photos to elicit a feeling from people and really show off your personality. And so this is absolutely non-negotiable. You need a professional brand photographer who understands your vision, understands the strategy behind your website, understands the types of clients that you're trying to attract, and that you're putting these things front and center. And of course, this goes to the pretty part of your website, obviously, but it also goes to the strategic part because good brand photos are really going to help, again, connect with those right clients and draw those right people in. And so those really need to have a strategy behind them as well. You can't just kind of show up for brand photos. And so again, I'm not going to dwell on this. Go listen to that episode, but definitely brand photography, absolutely a must. So the other thing you want to do, especially as you're starting to scale, is you really want to make sure that you have a super clear delineation between all of your products and services right off the bat. So that likely means on the homepage. And I don't mean just the drop down or, you know, whatever's in your navigation. I mean that you actually want to have very clear descriptions that are letting people know where they fit. So whether, you know, that's a few sentences or a paragraph, you know, don't make it more than a paragraph, but Anyone coming to your site who doesn't know you, who doesn't know what you do, should be able to read those two descriptions and understand exactly which one 
is going to work for them. And so it's so important throughout your entire website, you know, that you're making it as easy and clear as possible. And so if you have a really unclear separation between your services, you know, for example, you're going to keep getting applications for your one-to-one service for people who should be in your course. And then that's going to waste a lot of time on everyone's end. It's wasting time on that person's end who's going to get frustrated when they get turned down and rejected from working with you for a one-to-one service. It's going to be frustrating for your team members or who, you know, whoever's having to handle those inquiries and rewrite the same email over and over or copy and paste the same email over and over. It's just a waste of everybody's time. And so it's really important that at this level, your website is really working for you and it's really making making things easier for you. And so the more upfront you can be about, you know, this type of person or wherever this person is in business or whoever's looking for X, Y, and Z is over here in the course. And this is why the course is going to work better for you. And then, you know, on the flip side, whoever is, you know, in ABC over here and needs this and this and this is going to be better for the one-to-one service. And here is why that makes sense for you. And so, You really want to make sure that you're making it super obvious in multiple places who is a good fit for whatever it is you're offering and whoever is not a good fit. And you can also have that on each page as well. So you can even kind of have a gut check if you have like, you know, a services page for your one-to-one service. You can say, you know, you're a great fit if, and if this isn't you, or if you're not at this level yet, or whatever it is that makes sense, you know, I have a course here, or even on your course page, it can be like, if all of this sounds too basic for you, or, you know, if all of this isn't vibing with you, or if you're looking for something more like this, I have a one-to-one service over here, but just make it as clear as possible. And on top of this, to kind of continue this, in terms of making it as easy and clear as possible, you need to have a very clear process for applying to work with you. And this does not mean having your time wasted. I want to be very clear about that because, again, time is the one resource you don't have at this point. You're busy managing a team. You're busy scaling your business. And so what I recommend is really having a way to pre-qualify leads, especially with your one-to-one service. So this means no public Calendly link where any, you know, rando who lands on your site is able to reach out to you. This is, again, very clear expectations, you know, for people who want to work with you. Who is this a good fit for? Who isn't this a good fit for? And some way to pre-qualify that, you know. So for example, the easiest is probably an application or some way of having people make sure that they answer questions. So this is, you know, no longer the contact form that's like name, email, message. No, no. Really sit down and think about, When people who reach out to you, you know, when they say certain things in a consultation call, for example, and you think to yourself, like, like, absolutely, like, that was the winner. I know this person's going to be a great fit. What are those things? And how can you kind of, like, work backwards and, and engineer a question that's going to give you those answers? And then same on the flip side, you know, have a question in there that's kind of like, the trap question, right? Have a question in there where you know that this is just a red flag client. And anyone who answers that question in that particular way, you're like, okay, this is super obvious. That's a hard no. Like, I don't even have to go on. Maybe that's even something that like, you know, a VA or one of your team members can take a look at and be like, okay, this person isn't even getting passed along to the CEO because we know that this person is not a good fit. And so as you bring on more team members and expand your offerings, you really want to make sure that your website is working hard for you and saving you time. It should really be taking work off of your plate. And you really want to make sure that whatever process you have in place to pre-qualify these leads is a repeatable process that anyone on your team can use. And frankly, it should just be automated. So, you know, if it's a questionnaire, some sort of way of pre-qualifying, it should be something that's automatic. Like try to take away as many manual things as possible. It should obviously integrate with your website really easily. It should have automatic, you know, maybe there's an automatic message that goes back out, you know, to people who are applying and like sets expectations or signs them up on your 
newsletter list or podcast or whatever it is, but you just, you really want to be positioning yourself as an expert. You want to be thinking about, you know, how can I really nurture these people that are reaching out to me? How can I pre-qualify these people that are reaching out to me? How can I make this as easy as possible for myself? And I do want to say here, again, you know, each business is unique. It's going to depend, you know, on your particular business, but it's much more important to pre-qualify people for a one-to-one service. Wherever your time is being used, that's where you want to be the most precious with the people that you work with. So for example, in a course, again, totally depends on what you're offering, but depending on your program or your course or whatever you're offering, you may not need to pre-qualify as much, or you may just want a page that really helps pre-qualify, but then, you know, they can buy right on the page. And that's totally fine for something where, you know, it's a self-led course and they're moving through it, or maybe, you know, it's just one Facebook, you know, group Facebook you know, live a month or whatever, you know, Zoom call, whatever whatever it is, however your business is, but on really on that one-to-one service or any service where it's your time that is being utilized, you want to get as much information up front as possible before you're having to hop on a consultation call or a sales call and sell something to someone only to realize that after all of this, you know, back and forth or having to, you know, book out your day or having to have that slot taken up with a meeting that you don't want to be on, this isn't the right fit. And that's frustrating for both of you. And so just make sure that whatever you're doing here is a way to pre-qualify, especially the people that are really on your one-to-one and taking up your time. And so this also makes you look like an expert too. The more available that you are, the more you have, you know, your public Calendly link front and center, the more you're taking meetings, you know, with anyone who can basically find that link, the less you look like someone who's busy being the CEO of a business, the less you look like someone who's an expert, who's short on time and busy managing a team and really, you know, scaling up a business. And, you know, along the same line, kind of moving through this process, while clients may not see all of the inner workings on the back end, you know, scaling your business and scaling, you know, your website to match the pace of this new business that you're trying to build also means being organized on the back end. And so that means having, you know, a CRM or customer relationship management in place. And so, you know, there are a million, there's Dubsado, HoneyBook, 17 Hats, you know, Mind Body, Booker, whatever makes sense for your particular business. But you need something. Like you're at the point Whereas you start to take on more clients, as you start to have multiple team members, as you expand into a course or a program or more offerings or whatever it is, it is necessary that you have a way to organize all of your clients and leads. So, you know, you all know I'm obsessed with Dubsado, but, you know, something like Dubsado allows you to not only onboard leads and organize all of the information about them before you even officially bring on that person as a client, but once you have them as a client, it can house everything from questionnaires to notes on calls to invoices to contracts. And once you have all of this, you know, automated and workflows established, all of these things can be set by date or your project timelines or whatever you need. So it all happens automatically. So again, when you're short on time, this is going to be your savior. Like I don't say lightly that Dubsado changed my life. You are so far past the random post-it notes scattered all over your desk and losing notes from a call or having a team member ask for something and having to spend 30 minutes, you know, searching through paper to get that information to a team member and type it up or, you know, manually hand it over. And there's no judgment here. I was here at this place too. I'm just saying that as you're starting to scale up your business, as you're starting to expand and bring on a team, you don't have time for this shit anymore. And so it's time to really invest in yourself and your business 
And to take the, you know, setup time or whatever it is on the back end or, you know, bringing on an expert who can help, you know, help you with this, of course, too. But it's really going to pay off in spades for you to take the time now to get all of these systems in place versus when, you know, you're, you're two days out from, you know, the start of your course. And then you also have three clients that are waiting to work with you and you realize all of your workflows aren't set up or you realize the post-it note with that one particular person's information is lost. Or you realized, oh, this person didn't sign the contract after all, but yet we started work a week ago. It's just like, you don't have time for this shit anymore. It's time to step it up. And so a CRM is really going to allow you to do that. And the thing is too, you're a fucking CEO now, right? You need your business to run if you want to take a day off or a month off. You know, if you're sick one day and you can't get out of bed, you need your team members and everyone to have one central repository where they can go to, to find all of this stuff. And you also need it integrating with your website. You know, you need something that's going to work for you and allow you to really expand into what you're looking to expand into courses, programs, you know, more services, whatever. And everything needs to kind of all work together in this one ecosystem. You can't have things that aren't speaking to each other anymore. And so it's really important that, you know, your website and whatever systems integrate with it and are connected to it makes your life easier and manages all the information that you need managed. It's just, it's honestly just going to make your life so much easier. And so moving on from kind of like all of the backend processes, I also want to talk about the value of social proof on a website in general, but of course, when you're also trying to scale. So things like testimonials or videos from past clients are social proof. It's essentially just showing people how incredibly amazing you are. And people tend to value other people's opinions more than the business owner, which of course makes sense. You know, it's the same way you don't call a restaurant and ask them, you know, oh, does your food taste good? Like, you know, how's your steak? Obviously, you know, they're going to tell you it's good. They want your business. And, you know, so instead you go on Google or you go on Yelp or you find some other way to find kind of like-minded peers and see what they you know, subjectively feel about the restaurant rather than, you know, calling the restaurant themselves. And so you want to do the same thing on your website. You want to make sure that you're taking, you know, dream clients and you're showcasing their journey with you. You know, the, the mindset shifts that they've had, you know, the, the before and afters, whatever it is that you do that, you know, makes sense for your particular business. But you want to do it in a way that you're going to allow other like-minded dream clients to understand how wonderful it'll be to work with you. And social proof is so important because it goes hand in hand with those no like and trust factors that we were talking about. So this leads people to make buying decisions. So the more you can lean into those no like and trust factors, you know, whether it's with your brand photography, you know, the imagery, your emotionally connected copy, you know, social proof, whatever it is, the more successful you're going to be because people are going to know, like, and trust you. They're going to feel supported by you. They're going to feel like they can really connect with you. They're going to feel like you understand, you know, their problems and their pain points. And so you really want to make sure that you're getting at the right testimonials here too, you know, so, so start thinking about, you know, past clients you've worked with. Don't just, don't just kind of, you know, say to them at the end of working with you or send them a questionnaire and say like, you know, what are your thoughts or write me a testimonial. You know, you really want to make sure again, same with the pre-qualifying that on the back end, you know, when everything is, is over and done with and they're thrilled with whatever you did with them, that you're asking those right strategic questions to get the answers and the copy and the messaging that you need to really be able to add more people like those dream clients to your roster, whether it's a one-to-one service or a course. And so 
Last two things here. As you're scaling your business, you probably already have a list that you've been building. You know, I'm sure you do. But I did quickly want to talk about the value of a really strong, juicy lead magnet. So ensuring that you have at least one place on your site where you talk about your lead magnet and help build your list is really important for scaling. And so your list is the one piece of marketing that you actually own, right? So like social media, as we all saw, you know, Instagram goes down, you're fucked. You're like, what do I, how do I talk to those followers, right? Like, what do I do? Whereas like your list is people who are excited to work with you, excited to hear from you. They've opted in. They've been pre-qualified. And so, you know, as many people as you can get on your list, the better, because, you know, if you're not there yet, when you do go to launch a course, or you do go to launch a program, the bigger your list, probably the more, you know, the more sales you're going to have, the more people you're going to get to reach. And so it's really important to start building this. And one of the ways to build this is with a really strong lead magnet. Because it's really going to give, again, back to those no like and trust factors, it's really going to give potential clients an opportunity to get comfortable with you and learn how your brain works and learn how you work with clients and give them a sneak peek of what they can expect if they work with you. And so again, you want all of this to be automated. You want all of this to be seamless. This is all about, you know, saving time, making things easier for both you and your visitors, nurture series to be set up. Email should be going automatically. Everything should be integrated and automatic. But I do just quickly want to touch upon like a really juicy lead magnet for making sure that you're allowing yourself to continue scaling your business and continue growing. You know, I know at this point, there's so many things going on. And so you just want to make sure that you're not dropping any balls. And again, bringing on a team, you know, outsourcing, all of this can help you. No one is expecting you to do this all by yourself. And frankly, you shouldn't be doing all of this by yourself. You're going to be able to grow more rapidly the more that you're able to do all of this. But just make sure that these are all kind of like a checklist of things that you have on your site as you're planning to grow and scale to make sure that your website is really able to keep up with you and position you as an expert. And then one little side I just wanted to talk about super quickly is promoting your lead magnet in line on your page versus having a pop-up. So I get asked about this all the time from an SEO perspective. So I just wanted to go over this really quickly. I know this isn't kind of directly related to scaling, but I did just quickly want to talk about um, everyone hates those pop-ups. I mean, I hate those pop-ups, but unfortunately they do work. You know, the, the pop-ups I'm talking about where it pops up and there's, you know, some sort of lead magnet and opt-in and, you know, you can either click the little X that sometimes is like impossible to see to get rid of it or you're stuck signing up or leaving the site, whatever it is. And so unfortunately, because they do block the screen, they do negatively impact your SEO. So Google does not like you essentially forcing someone to take an action, even if that action is Xing, you know, Xing out the window in order to get to your content. So they do slightly, you know, negatively affect your SEO. But the thing is that most of the businesses I work with are getting clients from referrals. So whether that's a direct referral from someone who knows them or worked with them in like a one-to-one service, or, you know, a referral from someone who's on their email list or following them on social and then decides to work with them. And the truth is, this is how most established service or course or program providers get their clients. So SEO is really not as big of a deal if this is the type of business you're running. And I know I'm going to get shit for this, but I'm just going to say it because it's true. And so if this is how you get clients, it's really not that big of a deal. And I'm only saying this because I was on a panel the other day and everyone was freaking out about SEO. And the truth of the matter is, most people get business from referrals. Not everyone. And if this is not how your business works, then completely ignore everything that I'm saying about this. But I'm just saying if if that is how your business works, I wouldn't worry so much about this one little pop-up here or having a pop-up for three months or whatever it is 
if most of your clients are coming from referrals. What I always tell my clients is it really matters what your goals are. And so again, and I also just to just to caveat this, I'm not saying SEO in general is unimportant. Of course, you should do everything that you can do from backend descriptions to photos and compressing sizes and and, you know, keywords and all of that. You should do all of those things. But I'm just saying I wouldn't worry so much about one pop up slightly negatively affecting your SEO. But again, it really comes back to what your goals are. So if your goal, like let's say you have a launch coming up for your course, and so your goal is to grow your email list, it is worth having that pop up there. Because with that pop-up, you're going to get significantly more people on your list so that when it comes time in two months or three months or whenever your, you know, your launch is, that's the right thing for you in that particular moment. And this goes back to why I say websites are living and breathing. You're going to have to be, not you necessarily, right? You definitely should be outsourced, but someone is going to have to constantly be, you know, tweaking your website in a way that's going to work for you. And it does fall on you to at least understand what your quarterly goals are, your goals are, or whatever, and make those decisions, even if someone else is the one, you know, pushing the buttons or doing whatever it is to make those changes. Whereas if you, obviously, if you're somebody who, you know, gets a lot of business from SEO, then, you know, make sure SEO is the one thing you're focusing on. But, you know, if you're a service provider and let's say, you know, you only launch your course once a year and your course launch was, you know, a month ago or something and you don't really need to be building up that list right now, then maybe you don't want to have that pop up. Maybe you want to take that pop up away for the next six months and you really, you know, want to focus on SEO or you want to just, you know, not focus on list building at the moment. It's not as important to you and you don't want to take that, you know, slight negative ding on SEO, then that's totally fine. But it really comes down more to what your goals and objectives are at the time when you're making that decision versus freaking out that that one little pop-up is going to negatively affect your SEO. So I just get that question all the time, and I just wanted to address that before we move on. All right, so the last piece I wanted to touch upon here is having a blog or podcast or vlog, is that still a word? I don't know, videos, whatever, or some some ongoing pieces of content that position you as an expert. So this isn't necessary, which is why I left it for last. But of course, as you you know, are scaling your business as you're an expert in your field, you're naturally going to become more of a thought leader in your space. And a great way to show off this expertise and continue to be seen as a thought leader in the space and, you know, get more clients, reach more people, help more people, whatever your goals are, is by having something like one of these, like a podcast, like a blog, like, you know, ongoing videos, whatever it is. And a website is a really great place to house something like this because it allows people to go deeper and see your personality. It allows them to hear from you directly before they work with you. So you're just building those no like, and trust factors even further. And the thing is, I'm a big believer in one-to-ones that people really need to connect with you. If somebody is investing a lot of money in a one-to-one service and they're really buying into kind of, you know, your expertise and your particular way of doing things and your particular strategy, it's really important to make sure that your personalities are meshing. And so, of course, you know, you should have a website that is doing all of that for you. But if you can go above and beyond with a podcast where they can really listen, you know, to you and your voice and the different phrases you use and the way you speak to them, if they can read a blog and understand, you know, how you think and really kind of see some of the behind the scenes or you do videos, you know, it's the same same kind of thought process behind social media. It's just another touch point 
to allow people to really connect with you and see your expertise and continue to build those no like and trust factors. So just something to think about as you start to become a thought leader is, you know, which which medium is going to be most comfortable for me, which one is going to integrate best with my website, which one is going to be something that I can keep up with. And, you know, no pressure. It's not something that you have to do. I know, you know, we do so much already with marketing, but just wanted to put it out there as something that's really helpful for just going even deeper on those no like and trust factors and making that emotional connection. And so as you can see, a website is so much more than just looking pretty. In fact, aside from the brand photography, we didn't talk at all about making your website beautiful and any of the stuff that we talked about because that's not what's necessary for a strategic website. That's not what, that's not what's necessary for a website that's going to allow you to grow and is really going to help you and save time. So it's really important that you're working with a website expert who can assist you with everything from, of course, the design and making it look good. That is important. But also, you know, your website copy and the backend integrations and making sure that you're thinking through the consumer journey and the organization of the website and really, you know, the way people are going to move through it and, you know, always being one step ahead of whoever that target consumer is that's coming to you. So you really want to make sure that you're working with a person who understands your vision and the journey and vision of the customers that are coming to you and what they're going to need. And your website honestly should be making it easier for you to reach your business goals faster without adding more stress to your plate. So if your website is not doing that for you, if this episode spoke to you and you're a kick-ass CEO, you're busy expanding your business and managing your team, but you know the website you started with is really no longer cutting it for you, I'd love to work with you to create a website that can keep up with you and help your business scale and grow. And so you can always, you know, learn more about me and apply to work with me at stripedogcreative.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any questions about anything that I talked about, you can always feel free to reach out to me. And if you, you know, would like to see more episodes like this, I'd love, you know, to kind of hear from you as well. That would be great feedback if there are particular things that you'd like me to talk about in terms of scaling and growing. Would That would be really helpful for you. So thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast with yours truly, Isabel Caitlin. If you love the show, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love hearing from all of you. Share it with a friend, family, colleague, or anyone you know who may benefit from this episode. Remember, you can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at stripedogcreative.com. All right, that's it for today. See you next time.